Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Don't play like some little girls. Y'all like y'all never played football before. These guys are nothing. You hear me? They please just like we do. Yes, sir. They sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, sir. I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then let's play. But that's eating us too. That gives us too. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. Text in your overreactions. I am Rob Bro, the host. The host, you are the co-host. 806-855-3712. 806-855-3712. We will uh, talk about Jim Beheim a little bit. If we have to. We'll talk about the Pro Bowl. We'll talk about the Super Bowl coming up. It is Super Bowl week. Finally, the big game. Coming up this weekend on Sunday... Uh, let me know if you have some plans, where you're watching the game, you're hosting a big party, you're going to a party, are you going to go watch uh, at, a, at a church youth room and then turn off the halftime show during the halftime and then come back? I think we started doing that after the infamous halftime show. Um, if you know, you know. Did have several uh, youth group Super Bowl parties there in my prime. This week, I don't know. I don't have uh, had any plans yet. We'll have to see what happens. The Chiefs, the Eagles, Super Bowl something. I don't remember Roman numerals anymore. I, I got to where I could get them pretty good. It's got to be 50-something, though. Uh, we will do overreaction Monday as well. It doesn't have to be about Texas Tech. It can be, though, with plenty of overreactions to be had from that butt-kicking in Waco, Texas. Uh, not a lot of good coming out of that one. Not a lot of good at all. And if you are uh, in tune as a Texas Tech fan, you might have seen some rumblings from the weekend, maybe on a Sunday night. And none of those are good either. Lots of overreactions to be had. If you have an overreaction on Mark Adams, if you have an overreaction on the Texas Tech basketball squad, let me hear it. 806-855-3712. Beyond that, the Pro Bowl happened this weekend. I have some overreactions on the Pro Bowl. My uh, my co-host, Ryan Hyatt from the Raiderland, the host of the Raiderland, I guess I'm his co-host, 
not not very excited about the the Pro Bowl. I don't think he took in too much of it. I didn't either. I just kind of browsed social media and tried to find what I could, where I could, of maybe a highlight or two, just so I could say that I saw what happened. There were rules against defensive players playing offense and offensive players playing defense. If you're going to go full gimmick, go full gimmick. Let Micah Parsons run a few routes. Let Trayvon Diggs run a few routes. I guess we still all like the brotherly uh, back and forth from the Manning brothers. It's not gotten old yet, but... I don't think you can base a whole game on just those two brothers. Now, apparently it did fine. I guess Pat McAfee was on the call as well. Taking zingers at Dan Orlovsky, which I agree with. Anytime you can zing Darren Orlovsky, I'm fine with it. But beyond that, the the Pro Bowl festivities did not draw my attention at all beyond finding those two or three highlights. Uh, You had the the kick-tack-toe, which was fine. Yeah, I saw Stefan Diggs hiding behind some cheerleaders, I guess doing the great catch thing. They're trying to make a a dunk contest-style I don't know. If you watched more than 10 minutes of the Pro Bowl, let me know. 806-855-3712. We also have some Dallas Cowboys news to talk about. We will get that. The first overreaction on the line here. Overreaction. The Dallas Mavericks will win the NBA championship. Mortgaging the future for a title now might work out. See, in my opinion, though, you didn't mortgage anything. Unless you sign Kyrie Irving to a long-term deal now, which I don't think you'll do, but, I mean, if you do, yeah, I guess you're mortgaging the future a little bit. Um, But you really aren't. You you just got rid of two kind of large contract pieces. You gave away a draft pick or two. But if Kyrie doesn't work this season in the next 28 games, then all you're doing is allowing yourself to sign somebody else this offseason. If it works, it was genius. If it doesn't work and they sign him to a long-term deal, it was really bad. But if it doesn't work, if they don't win a championship and they don't sign him to a mega deal, no harm, no foul. You tried. And isn't that what Mavs fans, Mavs fans for life, MFFLs want? I mean, for months I heard, or years even, Mark... Cuban won't do anything. Mark Cuban, do something. Mark Cuban, get him some help. Mark Cuban, do this. Mark Cuban, do that. He went and got the second best offensive player available, if not the best offensive player available, and paired him with Luka Doncic, 
this offense is going to be very good. And now people are saying, oh, not that guy. We wanted you to get somebody, but not that guy. And call him a Looney Tune, call him a, a crazy person, say his head's not on straight. The dude can play basketball. And you know what? In the state of Texas, it doesn't matter if he's uh, vaccinated or not. It doesn't matter if he has some issues. If he's playing well, he's playing well. Is he crazy? Yeah. Lots of people are. If the Mavericks win a championship, and, and they were really close last year uh, to at least getting there and, and, and winning, if Kyrie puts them over the hump, and then Kyrie wants to go play with LeBron one last year and goes to the Lakers next year, you did what you wanted to do. And... People talk about Kyrie Irving as a team killer. I guess he got out of Cleveland. He got out of Boston. Now he's gotten out of the Nets. Well, do you want Kyrie for three years or for 28 games? Because if you only want him for 28 games, that's the perfect time for Kyrie to join you. And if Mark Cuban could pull off one more move and really mortgage the future and give off a bunch of picks and get a true big three for one season and then kind of blow it up with Luka and try to go get a bunch of free agency and not worry about the draft, it all works. But I don't think you – I don't think you – Hurt yourself at all, in my opinion. Because if it works, it works. All right, let's take an early break here uh, before we come back and get to the Dallas Cowboys and their new offensive coordinator. I think there are plenty of things to discuss there. The offensive line coach was a clue as to who they were going to get if they're just getting the gang back together. That's what they're doing. We will talk about it when we come back. It's the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. A texter asking Rob, what are your thoughts on Dallas's offensive coordinator hire? Schottenheimer is a good name in the NFL, I guess. His dad, I don't even know if it was his dad. They have the same name. Marty? Is Marty Brian's dad? Anyways, you've hired Brian Schottenberger, Schottenmeyer, Schottenheimer, Rowan Gardner. It's a bad hire. Unequivocally bad hire. And 
this he's just your quarterback's coach, I guess, because Mike McCarthy is going to be calling the plays and doing the offense. The offense will be worse next year than it was this year. Here is Brian Schottenheimer's career in the NFL and otherwise. Okay? He was the Washington Redskins quarterbacks coach in 2001. They had the 28th ranked offense. Then he went to the San Diego Chargers and was the quarterbacks coach from 2002 to 2005. Drew Beers. Drew Brees' worst years as an NFL quarterback. The Hall of Fame Drew Brees looked bad with Brian Schottenheimer. The New York Jets offensive coordinator from 06 to 2011. This is the Mark Sanchez era where those defenses were really good and the offense was good enough. Now, they went to an AFC Championship game and played really above Mark Sanchez's level, but they ran the ball and Rex Ryan was doing a lot of the heavy lifting there. St. Louis Rams offensive coordinator from 2012 to 2014 they were 25th, 21st, and 21st in offense through those seasons. Then he went to Georgia for a season. Mark Richt got fired. Came back to the Indianapolis Colts in 16 and 17. They were 30th in the NFL in offense in 2017. From 2018 to 2020... He was the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator. And he got uh, Russ so mad, Russ wanted to leave and went to Denver. Then Jacksonville Jaguars come and he goes down there with rookie Trevor Lawrence and uh, Urban they have the 32nd ranked offense among widespread dysfunction. He was the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach in 2021. Now in 2023, he's going to be the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator behind Mike McCarthy, who's the head coach, along with the offensive line coach that was with him in Seattle. Do I like this hire? No. No. Do I trust the Cowboys front office to severely limit Zeke Elliott's production and cap it by either extending him or cutting him? No, I really don't. Do I trust this front office to not re-sign Tony Pollard after an ankle, a broken ankle, and just go and get two running backs in the NFL draft in like the fifth and fourth round? No, I don't. I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. Do I trust this front office to go 
trade for a true number two or number one wide receiver to let C.D. Lamb be great alongside another guy? No, I don't. Do I trust them to put Dak in a good position to run this offense and not just have four curls on third and seven every time it's third and seven or third and eight? No, I don't. I don't trust this offensive mind at all. But I told you when they hired this guy, this offensive uh, offensive line coach last week, that they were going to announce some doofus as the offensive coordinator, some patsy, so Mike McCarthy can be in charge. This is a terrible hire, and it's not because it's not Cliff Kingsbury. It's because it's not some bright young offensive mind. It's some old guy who keeps getting jobs because he knows something about somebody, apparently. Like, why does he keep getting jobs? At least Cliff has shown success at his given field offense. This guy keeps getting offensive coordinator jobs and quarterback coaching jobs, and he's not done anything ever. He's just named Schottenheimer. I would have rathered the uh, the Turner, Norv's son. Or Monty Kiffin's son, by the way. Prayers up to Monty Kiffin. Now, I'm not saying literally anyone else would have been better than Brian Schottenheimer, but... I consider me unimpressed with Schottenheimer. And to the texter, I have no idea what I said. I said like six names there. I don't know what I said. I mean, this is a this is a bad hire. Unequivocally. Is he better than Kellen Moore? No. But he's not the offensive coordinator. Mike McCarthy is. Mike McCarthy is going to be calling the plays. Here's Mike McCarthy on Brian Schottenheimer. I'm very happy to have Brian take on this key role with our team. Key role in what respect, Mike? He's not doing anything. He has been an important part of our staff already and has a great grasp of where we are and where we want to go. He's a... An analyst, because he couldn't get a job last year. Brian also has an exceptionally strong foundation, history, and relationships beyond his time here that translate very well into understanding what our approach and operating and executing will be for the future. This will be an exciting and efficient transition for us that I am confident will yield the growth and results we all want and expect. Now, you can all blame Jerry for this. If you want. Maybe he didn't want to open the pockets. But this is classic Mike McCarthy squeezing up and not wanting to do anything outside of his comfort zone. Well, he was already here. And I'm going to be calling the plays, so... We just felt like this would be efficient. Do you know what efficient is in the NFL? 
outside of in the game, it's laziness. He didn't want to reach. He didn't want to test himself. He didn't want anybody in the building to tell him no. This will not work. Dak will have his worst year ever. Zeke will remain as a 50-50 back. CD will be the only wide receiver worth anything on the roster. This will not work. And if the Cowboys have an easy schedule again, they'll win 10 or 12 games. But what does it matter? Brian Schottenheimer and Mike McCarthy will not get this offense to the Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy lied to get the job in Dallas. He lied in his interview. And then admitted it in the very first press conference. And everyone just giggled. (laughs) He didn't watch Phil. Now he got rid of Kellen Moore, who wanted to be scooped up by every other team, needed an offensive coordinator. He got a job in 48 hours. And went and hired a guy who nobody else wanted. And Mike McCarthy is now going to be calling plays and running the offense. And that's supposed to be better? No. Did I like Kellen Moore? No. Is he way better than Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer? Yes. Yes. I would have preferred to go get Jason Garrett again. The resume of the offensive line coach and offensive coordinator is words I can't say on FCC regulated airwaves. It's bad. And Mike McCarthy has done some things with the Dallas Cowboys they haven't done in a long time. Road playoff game win. Back-to-back 12-win seasons with one of the weakest schedules of all time. And then he lost because he couldn't be aggressive when the time came and had one injury. They shouldn't have lost to the 49ers. All right, we will take another break. Come back, get back to the text line. It is overreaction Monday. My overreaction is the Cowboys have ruined, ruined this window. And if they don't fire Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer in midseason next year, they will not win a playoff game. It's Rob Brosho, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. We'll be back after this. Welcome back into the show. I am Rob Bro. I am the host, you are the co-host. You can text in 806-855-3712. Uh, Dan Quinn fully supports this hire. 
We were talking about that in the last segment. This is the texter. Dan Quinn fully supports this hire as it speeds up his path to the head coaching position in Dallas. We don't have a schedule yet, obviously. We, we don't we don't know who the Cowboys will be playing next year, when or where or, or anything else. They will have a second-place schedule, though the first-place schedule this year was easy. Uh, they will not be playing the AFC South again, but you really didn't think the AFC South would be that bad when it was lined up the year before that you would be playing them this year. And they were that bad. The Colts absolutely fell off. You thought the Texans would be bad, but they were worse than they were even thinking. The Titans completely fell off. The Jaguars, the Jaguars, but it is what it is. What you need to know Oh, here we go. We do know the games. Alright, that's what I thought. Uh, so you know who you're playing, you just don't know when and where. So you'll have uh, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Seattle Seahawks, and the 49ers. So you'll be playing the NFC West. And then you'll play the AFC West Chargers. And you also play the Lions. The Panthers, the Bills, the Patriots, the Dolphins. Yeah, if you win 12 games again next year, you will be very excited for that. I just don't see that happening. Uh, back to the text line. Everyone's favorite texter, Grande Polio, says, uh, the Lady Raiders will surpass the men's basketball team overall in the next two years. Grande Polio. They won again this weekend. I will say if the Lady Raiders pass the Red Raiders... Uh, it'll be a meet-in-the-middle type of thing. Not not discounting what the Lady Raiders are doing. I think they're improving every year. And I certainly think that their recruiting efforts have been very good. Uh, they have a couple of players on campus right now. Uh, they have Kelly Mora from Monterey. They have another girl who's like uh, six-something, six six-four, six-five, something crazy for women's basketball that coming in. Uh, Coach Gerlich talked about her in one of her last coaching shows, saying she's got great skill under the basket. We're going to teach her other things, and she's going to improve. And you also have, you know, freshmen and sophomores on this roster doing well. If you can have them stay around for a couple of years, Moppin, Shavers, Freelon, McKinney, it's not crazy to think that that class of freshmen and sophomores in two seasons as juniors and seniors will be really good in this Big 12. The problem is you have to keep recruiting, which they are, and you have to keep kids here, young adults. 
I, I hate saying kids, but, you know, as a 33-year-old person, all those kids out there, um, you got to keep these players in town. And that's what's becoming harder and harder. Uh, in women's basketball, you have uh, two of your players have come from Oklahoma State. One, Vivian Gray, left this offseason. Bryn Gerlich. Uh, you had a player go to Texas. There's a lot of moving around the conference of players going one place to the next inside the conference. You have a lot of movement. You've also had like 15 transfers in the last three or four seasons with coaching changes and otherwise. And I understand that there were outside issues and all of that, and hopefully Gerlich has quelled some of that movement. I think she has, but if nothing changes in the men's team and there are another kind of set of wide-scale transformations you have to make after this season, like you did last year, like you did the year before with the coaching change, if you have another assistant leave, if you have five or six players bounce, and you have some uncertainty in the men's program, and then the women's program, the Lady Raiders, can return a bunch and not have to deal with that uncertainty, yeah, I think the Lady Raiders will be better than the men next year. They're better than them this year. Conference record-wise. As a program, the Lady Raiders are in a better place than the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Recruiting and otherwise. Now, Drew Steffi on the line. You have the kid from Georgia committed in, in-house. Right now... Those are the only two players I expect to play for Texas Tech next year. Because that's how it is. Until I hear all of these other players that are currently Red Raiders out in the world saying, yes, we're coming back. We're committed to next year. I don't believe they're coming back. That's men's college basketball. Is it good? No. It's not. But if you look at Texas this last offseason, it felt like everyone was leaving and then piece by piece they started coming back. Now, if that happens, if you have a lot of carryover, if Pop and Lamar and Jennings start saying, yeah, I'm coming back, I want to play for Mark Adams, I want to play for Texas Tech, and if Mark Adams is the coach next year, which I'm assuming he will be, yes. If all of this remains and you have a bunch of pieces come back, yes, you'll be better next year. But right now it feels like there is more known, more certainty in the Lady Raiders program than there is in the men's. And there's a certain amount of meeting in the middle and then surpassing that has been happening this year. Uh, the momentum in the men's team has certainly lost its luster even after a Sweet 16 appearance. But I think you can start looking at some Lady Raiders 
wins this year and some schedule remaining and start saying, hey, you know, you could host a game in the NIT. Maybe you could you could get there. You're, you're not out of the picture for the NCAA tournament, though it's going to be a tough road to hoe for the remainder of this year with the players and teams you have on the schedule remaining. You have Oklahoma left. You have Iowa State again. You have Kansas again. By the way, that Kansas game is going to be huge. They started hot, but they have not been great down the stretch. If you can get Kansas and then kind of just play tough against Oklahoma and Norman and Iowa State, if you could somehow sweep Texas, who all of a sudden is in first place in both the men's and women's, there's the move. But I think you're going to have to win four or five more. And that's that's a really tough concept. And it's not like the women's Big 12 is quite as strong as the men's Big 12 where you just have to be 500 and you're in no matter what. And you're probably like a six seed. That's a tough sell. That's a tough sell in the Big 12. Uh, this off the text line... Rob, do you see Chavez, Aliyah Chavez from Monterey signing with Krista if the NIL money is right? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think there are, uh, that is two years away. She's a sophomore. Um, she is going to be offered by every college in the world. There might be, there's a chance she comes to Texas Tech. I don't know if Texas Tech wants that NIL money to be right. Uh, Leah Chavez certainly will demand high market value and she would be worth it. But just because you can and just because there's an opportunity to doesn't mean you do. And I don't know what Aaliyah Chavez will do in the next two years. Maybe she goes to Duncanville or whoever else is recruiting in the DFW to get more exposure. Though she's getting plenty of exposure here in Lubbock with Ball is Life and, and everyone else covering her games and Jason Pearson. And whoever else does their high quality work here with Lubbock girls basketball, but does she want to go play 10 games like she does against Cooper and be on the the circuit and travel around the country and play basketball? Because there are those opportunities too. They play the AAU basketball all summer, but there are charter schools that go across the country and just play tough matchups all year. Maybe that's something that can be worked out for the women's team. I don't know. Maybe she's at Monterey all four years. I'm just saying there's a lot of moving pieces in that thing that I don't know about. Um, and I don't know what the NIO money is or where it is or what it should be and the value of that and who's paying and whatever else. It probably also depends what the men's basketball team is doing at that point too. If there's more money to go around, there is. Would be exciting for... Aliyah Chavez, though, to be a Lady Raider, similarly to Jarrett Culver, who
who grew up in Lubbock and came up in Lubbock and then performed in Lubbock at Texas Tech. That was a great story. Would love to see her as a Lady Raider. All right, we'll take the break. We'll come back for one final segment. It'll be a short one. It's the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Just a few minutes left. Overreaction Monday to the poor play of Daniel Bacho. Uh, this texter says, I think he can be a good, productive player. Unfortunately, it will probably be somewhere else. Yeah. And again, there are 13 kids on the roster. Guys on the roster? Kids. I said it again. There are 13 men on the roster. Uh, I think the Georgia transfer is already locked in for next year. As long as Corey Williams is here, I would assume his son will be here. Other than that, I have legitimately no idea who will be back. Legitimately. O'Banner is out of time. He won't be back. Demorian Williams, I believe, is on his last year. Otherwise, I would assume Tyson, with his one transfer used, is is back as a Red Raider. I would assume if Mark Adams returns, Pop Isaacs is on board. He has tweeted several times and really is the only one that has backed Mark Adams publicly. His dad seems to really like Mark Adams, too. And I'm not trying to be like Doomsday here, and I don't, I'm don't. i not trying to perpetrate anything that uh, perpetuate anything that is like happening behind the scenes or anything. I'm just saying, based on college basketball, based on Texas Tech college basketball, based on the last five years, you're probably going to replace five, six, or seven of these guys on the roster next year. And it's going to be heavy transfer portal. This five freshman class was not the norm. And if three of them come back, I will be pleasantly surprised. And I think that really helps your team. Especially if Pop Isaacs and Lamar Washington are two of them. Elijah Fisher, Robert Jennings. I think Drew Steffi will come in and hopefully you think he can get some run early. But is he going to be Pop Pop Isaac's level immediately or is he going to be more of a, 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 a Lamar Washington who kind of warms up toward the end or a Robert Jennings who plays sparingly? 
his skill set is something that you definitely need, but it's the defense that this team has to be better at. Can you play freshman heavy defense in the Big 12 and be as good as Mark Adams wants to be? It doesn't seem like it. Mark Adams in press conferences this year has said he needs to get older. One way to get older is to keep players and they get another year older. Or to replace players with seniors. Which is what you did the year before and you went to the Sweet 16. We'll see what happens. We have more games to go. This season is not over, people. Take a breath. We'll be back tomorrow on the Raiderland at 11 a.m. I've been Rob Bro. I'll be Rob Bro. We'll see you then. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.